It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. On a Saturday morning, a beautiful Saturday morning outside. The temperature is fabulous. This is a great Saturday. And the best thing, there may be some rain a little bit later on today. It's going to be a great Saturday morning. And the greatest thing about it is you can come visit. This is the last remote of the spring. We're, we're present this morning at Hearthside Sugarloaf, or Sugarloaf Hearthside, or Hearthside Sugarloaf, either one, which is a wonderful for 62-year-old and better persons who would like to live the the Good Life at Apartment Living, where we broadcast it here until 9 o'clock this morning. And you can come by and see us and ask questions in person, get your advice. If you'd like to get some gardening advice, bring some weeds and baggies, do anything you would like to. But we'll be here at Hearthside Sugarloaf from now until 9 o'clock. 5300, is it 5300 or 5600 Sugarloaf? 5600 Sugarloaf Parkway. I just turned where I saw the sign, so that's how I got here. But 5600 Sugarloaf Parkway in the big open... Well, near the bistro, I guess we'd call it. It's inside the building. Come inside, and they will welcome you with open arms. 404-872-0750 is the number at Lawn and Garden. If you have a question and can't make it over to Sugarloaf Parkway to visit with us this morning. Again, 404-872-0750. And I hope that you, like me, have been planting things this week. This is the first couple, three weeks in May. This is a beautiful time to plant things. And as I was driving up here this morning, I was right beside a side truck. And side trucks are very, very common, very, very numerous on the highways during May because people know this is the time to plant sod. And this was from, I believe, Super Sod people down in, in uh, Noonan that they had uh, loaded up a truck with tons and tons and tons of sod going somewhere, who knows, to beautify a lawn somewhere in the southeast. But if you are planting or thinking of planting a lawn, this is the time to plant sod in your lawn. Late to plant fescue. I don't think I'd plant fescue sod or fescue seed right now, but Bermuda, Centipede, St. Augustine, Zoysia grass sod, all those are available and you'd be well advised to put it in the ground as soon as you can before the hot weather of the summertime comes because when you do, if you wait late, 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 you'll have to water, water, water. We don't want to have to do that. Let God do a little bit of watering for us. 404-872-0750, that first caller this morning comes to us from Griffin, Georgia, and our friend Nicole. Nicole, hey, good morning. Mr. Reeve. Miss Nicole, good morning. How are you? Fine, fine. Nice morning. Uh, what you when you come back two weeks later? Are you swamp all the stuff you need to do? <laughs> I know you are Thanks because I'm not doing. Oh yes, I am. I had uh, probably fifty to a hundred email questions that I uh, had to get taken care of somehow after I came back from Amsterdam, and then there were all these news articles that I had deadlines that I had to do. And then there was the garden outside. I had to plant my seeds and plant my plants. I had a lot of things to do. Why do you ask? Because I used to go in Canada, and sometime when I come back, all yeah. my stuff was dead, and my cat was skinny, and I said, <laughs> ah, I'm not going. I have, a, I have a wonderful neighbor who takes care of my house when I'm out of town, and so Gus piles up the newspapers. He piles up the mail. It's probably a foot or a little bit more high, and so I have to go through all of that and make sure I haven't missed any bills and missed any uh, important information there. So, yeah, there's a lot to do after we came back from Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, boy, I don't know how you do it. But um, talking about sod, 
Yeah. Uh, you people, you need to put some pre-emerger on top of it because you wind up with so many weeds that... Yeah, I found myself looking at myself in the mirror saying, Mr. Reeves, what did that man on the radio say about last September? He said, put pre-emergent down on areas where you're planting the perennial plants so you don't have a lot of weeds around them. And, oh, man, Nicole, I've got weeds throughout because I forgot or didn't get around to it or mm, whatever excuse I can think of. And so I did not put pre-emergence around all the Japanese iris and the green and gold and the uh, uh, Linton rose that I planted in a little sort of 20 by 20 garden area. And it is covered in weeds right now. Covered, covered, covered. Yeah, because that's their disclaimer, and especially onion grass. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, right now I'm trying to think of how can I go through these areas that I planted and maybe selectively get the weeds that are in there. Maybe if I have a string trimmer and I'm really careful with my height, maybe I can just cut off the weeds just above the height of the iris and the, and the green and gold there. That's the only thing I can think of. You can't spray any, any weed killer, any Roundup in there because it will kill my good plants. So I'm going to either have to hand weed, which I do not want to do, or put the string trimmer at about three inches above the ground and just come over the top and cut down some of the weeds there. What about putting on your phone and pulling one after one? I am not going to pull one after one after one. <laughs> I pulled too many weeds when I was a kid in the garden, and I don't want to be doing any hand weeding. It is nice. It's, it's sort of satisfying to get a handful of weeds and pull them out of the ground and knock the dirt off the roots and throw them in a bucket to put on the, on the compost pile. But I, it's, it's hot work. It's weather. It's, it's, I don't want to do that. It's time-consuming. Gardener needs to have time. Boards. That's, a so bit, that's the worst thing. What is, what is blooming in your garden right now, Nicole? Oh, what? Well, the question I had is my cross vine, it just looks so pitiful. Last year, after it bloomed, it came back green and everything. You know, it's so full of bloom, you couldn't see the green. Yeah, exactly. Boy, this year, I think uh, maybe the frost got it or something, but it is bare. I agree with you. My cross vine is the same way. It's on a trellis, and I remember when I planted it, same as you, next season, it was covered in pretty orange and yellow flowers. It was a gorgeous vine on a trellis. And then the year after that, the top of it got a little thin and didn't have many flowers on it. And the year after that, the third year, it had hardly any flowers at all. So what's going on? Do we need to prune it back a little bit to give some more um, uh, vigorous growth to make the flowers? That's all I can think of. The right time of the year would be... I'm thinking wintertime. Yeah, fall in yeah. September, October, November, somewhere in there to prune it back. But I'm like you. I, I was surprised to see how little flowers I had this year compared to that first year when I was just covered, covered, covered. Well, I have mine for a good 10, 15 years. Uh, one year I had to cut it because I had to paint the, the arbor, you know. But yeah. boy, the next year I was just praying. So I'm thinking drastic cut again. One of my favorite vines, and I saw it had flowers on it this year, I only planted it last fall, was American Wisteria. And American Wisteria, you know, and I hope our listeners know too, that American Wisteria doesn't take over everything like the Asian Wisterias do. So you get American Wisteria has these little purple flowers, and it flowered already for me this year. Have it on a trellis. It's climbing up the trellis real slowly. So I'm looking forward to having some more flowers on it next year. But uh, I'm hopeful the third year will not turn out like the cross vine where it didn't have any flowers on it at all, hardly, on the third year. Well, you know what I did? I put some moon flower, <laughs> moon vine in between, so I said at least a little green because it looked terrible. That, oh, Nicole, what a great idea. Yes. 
That is a great idea. I have a little um, um, planter in which I planted about 20, I guess, moon vine seeds a couple of weeks ago, and I saw the, the leaves are up above the ground about an inch and a half right now. And I was thinking about where can I put these, these moon vine vines, these plants, in my landscape. And that would be a great idea. Put them near the, the arbors that don't have any flowers on them. Oh, Terrific because they like to climb. And it's one thing I wouldn't do every year. I have to have it. And a few seed bulbs. such a pleasure. Yeah, right. And the highest it's been, I didn't have a very good uh, supply of seeds this year, so I only planted about five highest it's been uh, uh, seeds. And they sprouted and they came up and then they sort of keeled over and died. So I don't have any, oh, I got plenty any of, of my seeds. highest. I got plenty of seeds. I probably have a big, big mason jar full of seeds. Wow. Might and the seeds on hyacinths bean are so pretty. Yeah. They're so, just the seed itself, it's black, it has a little white stripe on the top of it. It's a gorgeous seed all by itself, even though the, the vine itself is pretty too. It has the pretty purple flowers, purple leaves and everything on it. So I like hyacinths bean a lot. So, uh, <clears throat> no. I'm, off, I'm off to the airport, so I got the run this morning. Yeah, got to get out of here and get on that truck and drive on up there. Nicole, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. See you next Saturday. Where's Mickey? She's not there this morning. Mickey, no, Mickey only comes to the Pike remote broadcast, so Mickey okay. won't be with us this morning. She is, I'm sure, getting ready to go to the West Cobb Pike Nursery, where we had such a great time last weekend. I thought that was just a fabulous, fabulous broadcast, and Mickey Gasway was a big part of it. Yeah, she's getting good at it. She's getting good. She's been good at it. She's wonderful. I really, really like talking to Mickey and having her on the radio. Well, Nicole, have a great Saturday. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Nicole from Griffin, Georgia. Nicole, one of my good friends, has been on. And people have asked, why Nicole? Why is Nicole the first caller? And I have about 15 seconds so I can tell you. It's because she always has an interesting question, always has interesting conversation about gardening, something she's done, something she's noticed. And it gives me the opportunity to bank up some calls here that we'll have in the next half hour. Watson in Union City will be with us talking about his black walnut. Charles in Athens wants to know a little bit more about fertilizing roses. In, no, Linda, excuse me. Linda in Alpharetta wants to know about Bermuda that has onions. Oh, no, she has Bermuda onions, and they're not making any bulbs, and she wants to know why. And Nathaniel in Lithonia wants to know about his, uh, his uh, encore azaleas and what he needs to do with them. All that coming up in the next half hour is 618, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Partly cloudy most of the day today. Highs in the mid-80s with a 20% chance of rain. Pretty much the same overnight, partly cloudy. A little bit of a chance of rain. Lows in the upper 60s in your full weekend forecast. Comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're broadcasting live this morning from a hearthside Sugarloaf up on Sugarloaf Parkway. And you're welcome to come by and bring your garden questions, your garden samples, your weeds that need identifying free and open to anybody who wants to come by. 404-872-0750 is the number. And our friend Watson in Union City joins us. Hey, Watson, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Reeves. Mr. Watson, what can we do for you? Okay, I've got some seedlings uh, about uh, 12 inches tall, and they still have the black walnut attached to the roots. I wow. got them in a hole about uh, 15 by 15, and I just wonder what their chances of survival are. 
You know, I think you've got pretty good chances of survival. The, do the leaves, they're green and it's erect, it's in the ground, and nothing to worry, seems like. Okay. So, uh, you know, underneath the black wall at, at my parents' house, we would commonly have five or ten, maybe 15 little seedlings there, and frankly, we'd mow them down because we didn't need any more black walnuts. But they germinate very readily and uh, uh -huh. would, if allowed to, I'm sure it would grow to be a nice new black walnut tree. Okay, well, I just kind of wondered if I, I'd done all of that work, hard work for, uh, for nothing. I think you're going to have black walnut trees. Now, you know, Watson, it may not be this year or next year that you finally get nuts off of. It'll be probably 10 right. years before you get any. Yes, I understand that very slow grower. Let me ask you this, Watson. Did you ever find a way to crack a black walnut, you know, yes, in a way that you get anything to eat out of it? Oh, yes, sir. Very good. I have a, a friend in Fairburn that uh, runs a, a, a mechanics. I mean, it's just yeah. a parts play. Uh, uh, he, he's a mechanic, and wow. I, I get me a sack full of them things, take them down there, and they ain't got a, they ain't got a chance with a vice. Put them in to end in that vice, you know, <laughs> tighten down a little bit. Man, you're in business. So you think that using a vice is the best way to crack a black walnut? Yes, sir. That's the best Not way I've found. Well, I'll take your word for it. You're a smidge older than I am, and you have more experience in the world than I do. And if a vice works for you, then we'll tell everybody, get a vice. Yes, sir. A vice sir. to clamp down on it and crack those black walnuts. Watson, right. it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. Have a nice we'll see day. See you soon. 404-872-0750 is the number at Lawn and Garden. Again, broadcasting live this morning from Hearthside Sugarloaf on Sugarloaf Parkway. You're welcome to come and visit and bring your questions as you will all morning long until 9 o'clock. We'll be back right after news. Is it party time? If it is, can we all come? It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.36 on a Saturday morning, a beautiful Saturday morning outside. We're broadcasting live this morning from Hearthside Sugarloaf. 5600 Sugarloaf Parkway, a remarkably convenient living space and beautifully appointed here as well. They've got really big rooms, nine-foot ceilings. They've got walk-in closets, four-year classics, and just all sorts of things, plus a breakfast that's being served every morning. Not a full breakfast, just, you know, Danish and a little bit of coffee for people to go off to work. It's a beautiful place to come and live. If you'd like to explore and learn more about the Hearthside Sugarloaf living area, you're welcome to come by and see us. Again, 5600 Sugarloaf Parkway. And this morning, from now until 9 o'clock, you can bring your garden questions and garden samples and baggies and pictures on your iPhone and have me look at them and give you some ideas of what you can do in your landscape. 404-872-0750 gets you in this morning. Charles is out in Athens and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Charles, hey, good morning. Good morning. How can I'm I help? Planting roses. I'm, I'm using planting soil. Yeah. Which uh, it says it has some fertilizer in it. Can I also put down the Bayer 3-in-1? Are you doing anything other than this to control the diseases and the weeds and that sort of thing? You're not no. doing anything other fertilizer? Yeah, the bear product is good if you haven't done anything else. Uh, and read the label because it's real specific about how, how often you put the product down because they don't want to put too much weed killer and, and disease killer uh, down at one time. So read and follow that label real carefully, Charles. Sure. 
Thank you. Also on the black walnuts, a friend of mine puts them in the driveway and runs a car over them. You know, that's great to take that sort of husk <laughs> off the outside of the nut, but once you get to that black nut inside that's hard, or maybe harder than a rock, it's hard to get the nut meat out of that thing. And I think it really is. Our, uh, <laughs> Watson's idea of putting it in a vise is probably working real well for him. I used to hit him with a hammer, and boy, I said some ugly words. Even when I was about 10 years old, I knew at least one ugly word I'd say when I hit my thumb with a hammer, breaking apart those silly walnuts. They sell them in a bag at the store, too, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think about that, too. But my mother my parents were just too cheap. We had the walnut tree. They'd say, go outside and crack walnuts. We might make a little walnut ice cream or walnut in the in the cake oh, I'm yeah. making. And, man, oh, man, that was not a job I liked at all. Oh, yes. <laughs> Charles, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. Thank you, sir. Linda. Linda's out in Alpharetta. She has a question about her onions this morning. Linda, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Hi. I'm fine. How can I help, Linda? I planted some burrito onions last fall, and it just seems like they're not making bulbs, and they're making like the little thing at the top that looks like it's going to bloom. And I've been picking those off. Is that what I'm supposed to do? (sighs) Onions are not the easiest vegetable to grow because the response to how long a day is and how much sunshine they get in a day is really going to determine how big the bulb is on the onion. Uh-huh. And I have a lot of friends who have grown onions before to say, it's not worth it. Like our friend earlier said, you can buy onions at the grocery store pretty cheaply, just like you can buy walnuts at the grocery store, too. And even though you can buy these onion sets and plant them in the fall, which is the right thing to do, Linda, that I hear too many people say, man, I just had tops. I had a few you know, onion leaves on the top, and then they started blooming sometime in May. And they never right. made a bulb for them at all. And that's the reason I sort of shy away, frankly, from planting onions. So if if any listeners have a, have a miracle way of planting onions of when and how you do it and how you manage them, please call because I need to know more about who are the successful onion growers. It's certainly not me. So also along that line is chives. Um, it has like a purple bloom. Are you supposed to pick those off as you go? I think with chives, you know, you're gonna they'll, the taste will change just a little bit when it has flowers on it. So if you can clip them before the flower appears at the top of the chive plant, you'll be a little bit better off. But I don't think there's that much difference in taste that you would just say, oh, it tastes horrible when mm-hmm. it has a flower on it and better when it doesn't have a flower on it. So you don't necessarily have to take the flowers off at all. Well, I also planted Brussels sprouts when Mickey planted hers, and mine yeah. didn't even make one sprout, not one. Again, a lot of, lot of it has to do with the amount of daylight and how much uh, the daytime temperatures are. When temperatures get above about 50 degrees sometime in February, that is bad news for all the cold crops because that signals to them that spring is coming and they better start blooming and the uh, pollinators will be around and you don't want them to bloom. You want them to have the, the, the flower thing that on the Brussels sprouts and on the... Uh, uh, broccoli that you want to eat, not the yellow flowers that come out of the top. So when do you plant them? Generally speaking, I think that's another one. You plant in either late September, early October, or some people get success if they plant them in February and then protect them from the cold for the next uh, month or so, and then they do pretty good and harvest okay. sometime in May. All righty. 
Well, thank you. I'll just, I'm just going to go out there and pull up those onions. They're taking up too much space. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, it's always a learning process. That's the great yes. thing about gardening is sometimes you learn more than you think you will, and sometimes that learning comes at the expense of the plants you thought you'd be harvesting and eating in your garden, but you have to say, next year, we'll do it better, we'll do it a little different. Pretty soon I'll be the onion expert for the neighborhood. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thanks for calling, Linda. 404 is my number at 641. We've got Judy and Marietta joining us. Hey, Judy, good morning. Good morning, Walter. I have a Korean spice viburnum. Yes. Uh, it bloomed this uh, spring very well. And uh, I noticed, uh, though, that it has two branches coming up from the middle of it that are totally dead, no leaves. Yeah. I went out. I'm out here right now. Uh, the bark is pretty much stripped away from the uh, branches, uh -huh. the, the, the middle branch. And uh, the, uh, there's other branches that have some growth coming out of them still. And when I look at the bark, I see that the uh, bark is uh, not, it looks like it's not into the outer bark. And it's uh, oval-shaped little bites. And I'm going to yeah. call them bites because yeah. I don't know what else to call them. But uh, that's how it starts. It starts as these oval-shaped um, you know, um, break-ins into the, into the bark. And yeah, then, then it totally, after Judy, a while, I mean, the bark gets totally stripped away. So I don't know if it's an insect that commonly attacks viburnums. Uh, and if I could have, should have sprayed something. I've never had to spray it before. It's about 20 years old. Well, what I find is that people who play a little game called Play Along with Walter, who are listening to the show right now, who are all saying, as soon as you said, Judy, that there was something gnawed looking, that there's a little bites been taken out of the bark down there as you described it, they all raised their hand real quick and said, it's got to be voles. It's got to be voles. And that is what I think you have. Is those high up, high up on the branches? Well, sometimes they can crawl a little bit. If it's I've high, never, I'll you tell know, you what, Walter, I've been here 26 years. I've never seen a vole. I have... Uh, mm. I have squirrels, of course, and I have chipmunks. Uh, I have mice. Could Never saw a vole or a mole. Rabbits, or... rabbits will bite the bark off of things. Okay, too. I have a rabbit. You know, Walter, I have so many things in this yard that rabbit could eat, <laughs> and I want to come up here and eat the bark off of viburnum. Uh, it's oh, beyond God. me. I'm talking about six feet off the ground. Oh, man, wait, that's not a rabbit. That's no, not a no, uh, no, this no, is, no, 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 no. I'm at eye level. I would say five feet is where it starts, and then it just goes up from there. It's got to be some kind of an diameter, How big in diameter is the limb right there, Judy? The is one that I'm going to have to cut out is, uh, yeah. it's, it's gone. The outer bark is gone. Only so would you say that, the, that it's about an inch thick or two inches thick, or how big is that branch that you're taking The branch out? is about almost two inches, I'd say an inch and a half thick. You know what it could be is uh, sapsuckers. Did you have any suggestion there might be sapsuckers? I have all kinds of birds, but I've never seen a sapsucker. I feed do the you birds. Have, yeah. Do you have so, sapsucker uh, holes in your maple or uh, Japanese maple or what else, magnolias or anything else around there? You ever seen? Uh, I don't have those, so I don't know. Um, I have woodpeckers. <laughs> woodpeckers would be above ground, and yeah. they would make little holes in the bark about a quarter of an inch uh, big. And obviously, six feet up is too much for any yeah. bowl well, or squirrel. These as I are said, like oval shaped when they suckers. start, because I've got some that are still okay, but they're they started, and they're oval. They're maybe mm -hmm. it, it, they're in diameter. They don't go up and down the stem, they, the branch. Mm -hmm. They go like ovulate uh, they, widthwise. If and, they, so they go around it. Uh, just they're a little um, on the surface of the branch. It's not. Um, 
Eventually, they do go all the way around, but the yeah. incision itself is uh, maybe a quarter of an inch, and that's how it seems to start. And then from there, they just goes bigger and bigger. And do this for me, Judy. Look on my website or look online with Google or anything like that, and look up sapsucker damage. Okay. And sapsuckers are woodpeckers. They bang on the uh, bark of trees and some large shrubs, and they lick the sap out of the, uh, the tree in the spring. That's what they do and why they're called sapsuckers. And it's possible that you have sapsuckers that have done the damage, certainly if it's that high off the ground. If it wasn't the voles, everybody who voted for voles earlier, it doesn't sound like it was vole damage at all. That would be down close to the ground level. So my guess is that these are sapsuckers, and that's uh, what the damage is coming from. But look online, see if that's true. If it's not, take some pictures, maybe send them to me on my website, and we'll see if we think anything else uh, might could be it. Thanks for calling, Judy. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. We've got Julia in Lawrenceville joining us. Hey, Julia, good morning. Uh, good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fine, Julia. How can I help? Well, I've been having... I'm sorry, I have you on speakerphone. Um, well, go ahead. I can hear you real well, Julia. Go okay, ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, I have... Uh, just basic rudbeckia, black-eyed Susans, yeah. and for the past, um, this will be the third year, they are, I guess it's a fungus. The leaves, even when they're just starting to come up, maybe they're four inches tall, Yeah. Um, they start getting brown, and they have black spots on them, and then they get very dry and crinkly. Some of the flowers, they just don't mature. They're sort of deformed-looking. Sure. Do you uh, irrigate from above, or is it strictly just as nature provides, or how do you put water on the plants, do you? Um, it, is, it is an in-ground irrigation system, so they get it mm -hmm. from basically the side, sometimes a little of it from above. You know what I would consider doing is cutting off the sprayer, capping the sprayer, or not uh, continuing with the in-ground irrigation system, because it sounds to me like you have one of the, there are several fungal spots that get onto herbaceous plants in a garden and uh, many times they're exacerbated the diseases are exacerbated by overhead watering when it waters it keeps the top of the uh, leaves moist that's where fungus likes to develop and so if you keep those leaves dry 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 i think you'll be a lot better off than letting them be wet every day or two or three or whatever your schedule with your irrigation system does okay is, is there an idea what type of fungus it is uh, anthracnose, I'm sure there are others, Colitot I can say the scientific name, but I can't say any, <laughs> any common name other than fungal leaf spot on that particular plant. Uh, if you want to do something just to make yourself feel better, and it might help a little bit, if you go to the nursery, go to Pike and get some Daconil, D-A-C-O-N-I-L, comes in a little red spray bottle, and spray right, the leaves with that. And if that helps a little bit, that's great. But I think the biggest thing you can do for the, for the uh, plants is to just stop keeping the foliage wet. Stop with that uh, wetting of the foliage each day and make sure that the uh, foliage stays dry, as dry as you can. And I think that'll do more than anything else to make the uh, black-eyed Susans come up healthily. i got to get out of here, though, Julia. Thanks so much for your call. It's 648, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, truck mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. 
And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Partly cloudy today, highs in the mid-80s, very nice this afternoon. 20% chance of rain, pretty much the same overnight with lows in the upper 60s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We need to give away two tickets to the Penny McHenry Hydrangea Festival that is going to come on the 8th annual Penny McHenry Hydrangea Festival, June the 6th and the 7th this year. And it is in Douglasville, Georgia. Some of you may know about uh, Penny McHenry, who fell in love with hydrangeas 20 or so years ago. She had a huge hydrangea collection at her house um, up off of Shallowford Road, and she found there was no such thing as a hydrangea society in the country. So she is one of the uh, founders of the American Hydrangea Society based here in Georgia, and she sadly passed away five years ago. But Penny McHenry lives on in the Hydrangea Festival June 6th and 7th this year in Douglasville. Get all the details at PennyHenryHydrangeaFestival.com. We have tickets. We'll give away right now to the one, two, three, four, fourth caller to our contest line, 404-741-0750. If you'd like to go to the Hydrangea Festival tour and the lectures that are Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, June 6th and 7th in Douglasville, Georgia. Again, the fourth caller, 404-741-0750. Two tickets to the Penny McHenry Hydrangea Festival coming up real soon. Brendan Barr is with us this morning with the uh, Hearthside Sugarloaf organization. Brendan is the one who sort of shepherds the whole process through from finding the land to building the buildings to letting people come in and, and live here. So, Brendan, welcome. Thanks for coming. So, tell us more about Hearthside Sugarloaf and what sort of sets it apart from the other apartment complexes that might be around in this area. Uh, well, thank you, Walter, uh, and welcome to our, to our brand new community here off, off of Sugarloaf Parkway. Hearthside is... Um, it's a, it's a brand of active adult living that we've been working on for about 10 years now. And over the last five years, we've opened five communities throughout suburban Atlanta. But it is a, um, it is a flexible living option for folks 62 and better. And yeah. what we really try to do is strive to deliver a lifestyle here that uh, engages people to make friends and uh, remain physically active and um, just... Um, focus on socialization and mm -hmm. uh, intellectual activities. And one of the things I love about it, we don't have a lot of time right now, but you have garden plots for people that can want to garden. They have garden plots here too. We do have garden lots. They are probably our most popular amenity and it just, uh, a lot of our residents are coming from a single family home, so uh, providing gardens to them allows yeah. them to have their own areas to work outside. Awesome. awesome. I'll be looking at that now. If the sun's up, I'll go out and see the garden area in just a little bit when we have a little bit of time to do it. Brendan, thanks so much for being with us. We'll talk a little bit more about Hearthside Sugarloaf in a few minutes. Right now it's 6.58 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more lawn and garden right after news.